BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to Sci-Fi Wire from the Con, recorded live from the Sci-Fi Wire stage at Emerald City Comic Con 2019. Welcome back to Emerald City Comic Con, folks. I'm Karima, a.k.a. The Blurred Girl. And I am here with Kyle Higgins, writer-director Kyle Higgins. Now, you, I'm sure you've read something he's written. Nightwing, Batman Eternal, Gates of Gotham, Batman Beyond 2.0, and he writes Mighty Morphin. Coincidence, I don't know. Yes, yes. Be their number one selling uh, comic right now. Coincidence, I don't know. Yes, yes. And um, I, we're actually not talking about any of that. We're actually going to talk <laughs> about his run on Winter Soldier with Rod Rice, as well as, or Reese, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, and his run of Dead Hand with Stephen Mooney and Jordi Belair. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You got a lot of stuff you're working on. Well, that's the, that's the trick of comics. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a volume game in some ways, you know? Um, you always yeah. want to have something coming out while you're working on something else. Yeah, and it's, it's constantly, like, trying to figure out and line up what your next gig is and really pulling that juggling act between, uh, or balancing act between um, creator-owned books and work-for-hire books. And the creator-owned books are really, you know, the thing that you're building and, you're, you, you know, you're passionate about and you love. And the work for hire books, it's the same thing, except you don't own them. And, but there's a commercial appeal to them. And also there's, a, there's a, um, a passionate appeal of like working on characters that you grew up with and things like that, you know? So I find it's really important to, to kind of keep a healthy balance between the two. So let's talk about one of your creator-owned ones sure. first. So Dead Hand, um, I actually, it's a modern day Cold War um, I, I consider it a cautionary tale. It's sort of like underestimating sentient doomsday mech and teenagers. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it's about a small town uh, called Mountain View that harbors really kind of dark secrets from the end of the Cold War. And it's based on the very real um, off-the-map uh, secret cities of the Soviet Union. Um, I can never pronounce any of their names, but um, like City 70 was, was one of them. And, and these were the cities where um, the top minds of the Cold War lived and worked and built the weapons of, of the war. Um, when the Berlin Wall fell, it was another year until Boris Yeltsin took over, but everyone kind of knew like the writing was on the proverbial wall that this was all kind of coming to an end. And so these cities were kind of not abandoned, but they were no longer priorities. So that's where you started to get the proliferation of different scientists and um, nuclear material out of the Soviet Union and has shaped a lot of what our kind of modern uh, world looks like, per particularly with, with regards to um, some of the weapons that have developed in other countries and things like that. So I wanted to kind of look at this idea of an autonomous doomsday weapon system that 
the Soviets had considered building, but even they went, that's, that's crazy. Like we, we have a semi-autonomous system called Perimeter that will guarantee a retaliatory strike on the US, even in the event of the Kremlin being totally decapitated, but we're not gonna turn it over to a computer. But in my book, they did. Um, right. And then, and it gained sentience. It has sentience. It has the comprehension level of a ten-year-old. It thinks the Cold War is still going on. It controls the entire nuclear arsenal. Right, like and the they space can't particle beam and everything. Yes. It's like, oh, I have that, and I'm ten. It's like a spy version of a Twilight Zone episode, you know. <laughs> it it totally felt like that, and each of these characters in this small town is nobody is who you think they are. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a, a balance, but it, it's very much a generational story. Um, you have these former spies of the Cold War who got into the, the trade for um, very kind of altruistic reasons, and as they have seen kind of the horrors of war and, and the work that they did, you know, that cynicism kind of sets in. And now the story takes place 20-some years later in the small town, and these people are... Um, that have been born there, this is all they know, right? And so you have this kind of transition from the adults to the next generation, and, and ultimately, like, the optimism of a future generation is kind of like our only hope, is, is ultimately what the book is really about. Um, and, yeah, I don't remember what your question was, but, <laughs> oh, no one's, no one's who you think they are. Yeah, so you have people who have gone through things, you have people who have not gone through anything yet, and, and those kind of, different points of view really kind of slam together as um, the dead hand may, may be threatening the world once again. And it's, it's basically keeping a computer that is basically a 10-year-old boy entertained so he yeah. won't decimate the planet. Yeah, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. And it's, it's Stephen Mooney and Jordi Belair, my co-creators co on this, uh, and... Uh, we just had a blast. It was a six-issue book. We did at Image, and um, it's it's out in trade now. You can grab it at the Image booth if you're at Emerald City or at my uh, my table in Artist Alley. Um, yeah. Now, speaking of people who are not who you think they are, <laughs> uh -huh. we're gonna um, hop over to Winter Soldier. Yeah. Now, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I mean, this is a really good run, and <laughs> I was surprised though. This is a gentler, softer. Bucky, like I, this well, is like you know. It didn't start. This is that Uncle way. Bucky, you know. This is Bucky with the good hair. There uh, you go. <laughs> it didn't start that way. Rod Reese and I um, are very good friends, and we've done books at Image together, like Cowl and Hadrian's Wall, and we've always liked. I mean, we love Ed and and uh, Steve Epting's um, Captain America run, and then what Ed was doing with Butch Geis on Winter Soldier, and. I actually almost wrote The Winter Soldier several times over the years. Really? Yeah, and it just never really worked out from a, from a schedule uh, standpoint. And so this time it kind of circled back around and, and it just so happened to be like, uh, it was about this time last year, like I had a take and I thought it was really interesting. And I don't know, I wrote Nightwing for years and so I just, I just felt like there's something you can do here that pushes him forward and, and is no longer just about him dwelling on kind of the sins of the past, you know, and so I, I... Emo Bucky. Yeah, well, and so the idea was that he is helping other people find the redemption that he was lucky enough to find. So he's like an AA sponsor for people trying to stop being evil. 
So like if you want to get out of Hydra, the Winter Soldier can pull you out and set you up with a new life, and then he's there as firepower if your old life finds you again. Yeah. So it's much it's it's a much kind of proactive furthering of the redemption story as opposed to the like dwelling on self-worth issues, you know. It is, and then he's also teamed up with Tony Stark and Sharon who come right. in and out as like sort of his they're like a little dysfunctional MI6 team. Yeah. <laughs> And, and to your point about a softer Bucky, Rod, um, Rod's cat passed away while we were, while we were making the first issue. And, and I have a cat. And, and I told him, I was like, you could, do you want to draw your cat in the comic? And it was just a coincidence that his cat is all white. Oh, so that, that's like his cat. So that's Aww. Rod's cat. And then I named the cat Alpine because I thought Stucky would be too on the nose. Yeah, it for... would. <laughs> I mean, we'd love it, but. Yeah, no. So I wanted, I wanted the Winter Soldier's cat to be named Alpine. That's and really then cool. that turned into Rod just putting Bucky in further, <laughs> crazier, like, dad outfits. I think in the, in the last issue, he's wearing flip-flops and, like, a cutoff like shirt and he's, he's sitting like, in lawn furniture. It's like suburban furniture. Bucky. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> he's sitting in lawn furniture petting a cat. Yeah. In like the Indiana like summer heat. Like that's that's what our book is. Um, well, but the la the last two issues. They yeah. It's, we lulled you into a false sense of security. Let me you know. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but there's well, there's also and this happens in the almost the first issue actually is his, it's Bucky also kind of has a sidekick, and. Right. That sidekick shows up, not as a sidekick, but trying to kill him, dressed like Bucky from, like, 1945. Right. It was really a mind-bending... Well, yeah, I mean, he was an assassin that... all This is all he knows, and he's been raised within Hydra to be this elite killer and to succeed where all of these other great killers of the Marvel Universe failed. So, like, Wolverine and, and the Winter Soldier, and you can kind of go on and on... And, and this, this, his mentor is this man named Mr. Colt who goes, like, they were great and they didn't live up to their potential and the only way you will ever be worthy of love is to be great. And, yeah, but this guy is really... Yeah, I mean, he's so then, horrible. So then again, like, Bucky really taking this kid under his wing and trying to help him and save him and set him on a better path, again, plays into the redemption story. Basically, this is the... <laughs> If you want to read a really great Nightwing story, you should read my Winter Soldier book. <laughs> do you miss Nightwing? What's that? Do you miss? Do you miss? Oh, he's my favorite character. What yeah. was your What was your favorite uh, storyline or arc that you did for him? Well, I wrote the book for I wrote the whole New Fifty Two run, and then years later, I was able to come back and do this book called Nightwing: The New Order, and that yes. was like kind of my kind of Dark Knight Returns slash Minority Report take on Nightwing. And I got to say a lot of things with the book, and thematically, I was really, really happy with what we were exploring. And and so um, I kind of feel like if that's the last time I write Nightwing, like I'm I'm good. Like I went out I went out on a high note. And just t talking about that a little bit, how does it? You were saying that you were able to say some things with that book. Do you often get to like say? and express some things that you like yeah, normally I, do? And is it easier to do with creator-owned than it is with... Uh... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, it, it depends. It depends on what I'm looking to explore. And I think as I've gotten older and I've written more, I've become more comfortable with two things, optimism and ambiguity. And I think, especially as a younger writer, like, you want to be edgy and you want to, like, 
you want to be raw and you want to like and, and you're, you're, you want your plotting to be clockwork and that often is at the expense of any sort of emotionally resonant kind of core and you might think you're you're doing something like that or saying something but it ends up being like you're discuss like this is what this city means to me you know it's a very intellectual idea as opposed to like what a character's relationship with someone else is and how they see themselves through that person, right? It's a much more, like, and it's not a clean cut. There's no, like, oftentimes, like, clear answers there. Um, but I think you end up exploring things that are much more kind of human that way. Um, and, and, yeah, it just depends. It depends on the, on the job and, and, you know, um, what the editors are looking for. And, and if it's a creator-owned book, then, yes, I have a strong sense of, what I'm looking to, um, to mine through the narrative um, because I can kind of do anything, so. Awesome, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah.